Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, Phil Better, the podcast mogul, and I am blessed. Guys, I am honored to have Raj Singh, the expert an exclusive PR, sir. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, it's been a busy day, um, <laughs> a very busy day, if I'm honest. And uh, yeah, it's evening here, so it's uh, seven a.m. What seven p.m. Should I say? Not seven a.m. I'm getting get my time zones wrong. <laughs> no, it's seven a.m. over on the west coast. <laughs> yeah. Been, so you can tell it's been a very long day. You know, yes. um, just being on Clubhouse, being networking, and been speaking to a few clients so there's a there's a lot of potentials um hopefully coming my way so yeah it's been a very busy day it's been good yes and speaking of clothes that's how we met uh we have a, a colleague in, a client of mine and a friend of yours tana anderson the billion dollar man himself who put us in contact and having been on his podcast with you quite a few times and hearing your story uh yeah. it piecemealed out through episodes um i wanted to get you on the podcast so that we can talk about it because it's an awesome story and also what you do your your business is also incredibly interesting to me because it's kind of coalesces beside mine in a way so raj how about you give us uh just a bit of an introduction about yourself and your business sure so my name is raj singh and I'm a UK-born uh, Punjabi individual. My mom and dad are from two different countries. So my dad is from India, Punjab. My mom's from East Africa. She's from Tanzania. And um, they both came to the UK for a better life, as did their parents. And they met through a picture and they got married. Um, so, so, yeah. And uh, I'm actually born in the Midlands. I'm not actually born in uh, London. So my dad moved to London for work. And um, so, yeah, so we've been here ever since. And um, so now I run a, a marketing agency and it's more of a public relations agency, but then we have other marketing services, which we help to um, give businesses a solution to on stuff that they're struggling with. So we offer many different services and uh, not all service will fit your business, as they say, because um, if every service of mine fits your business and you need that, then there's something seriously wrong with your business. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we see, so we have a solution to a problem that you may have in your business. So it could be anything from social media. You might need more leads. You might need more sales. You might need a website done. You know, you might need someone that needs creative animation probably because nowadays the videos are the way forward. And mm -hmm. if you have a, a great animation as part of your business, that sometimes have like an explainer video. You know, stuff, stuff, stuff like that. So we do a lot of different things, um, but they all come together as one because one cannot live without the other. So they kind of migrate nicely into each other. Um, so yeah, so, so that's what we do. And I'm, and I'm also a founder of a record label called Audio Replay. And uh, what we do is we um, give 100% income back into artist pockets. And uh, we, we will go into that a little bit later about, yes. why, I give, about why I give 100% into artist pockets. Now there's a reason behind that. And um, it's from past experiences, but it's to give artists a sustainable music career because a lot of labels nowadays don't actually offer that. So we could go, we, we could dive a little bit deeper into that a little bit later. We definitely um, will be. But yeah, so those are the two businesses that I have. Jesus. 
business <laughs> entrepreneur, jumping and making businesses, helping people. Um, I want to start with why. Why did you start into the entrepreneurial world? Were you always part of it? Was your family part of it? Or was are you a first kind of first generation entrepreneur? How did that start, your entrepreneurial bug start? Okay, so I'm going to take you way back to like when I was a child. So um, I don't know what it was, but I, my heart was never in studying. Uh, my heart was always in making money. I mean, I studied at college and I did business and finance um, and I studied it up to intermediate level. So, um, and it came to a point where my, I don't know, my heart just wasn't in it and I went straight into work. But if I take it a bit further back from that, um, what happened was in the 90s here in the UK, we had a, a very heavy recession. We had a pretty bad recession. Yeah. And um, so what happened was um, a lot of businesses uh, were affected and a lot of people lost their incomes and households, uh, lost their livelihoods and their homes. And unfortunately, my father was one of them. So my father was working for a very successful construction company in the UK. And my father was bringing me quite a lot of money. Uh, we had a really good lifestyle. And my father had three cars. He had three different colors of um, Mercedes cars, like in different, uh, in different models and that. And um, what happened was when the recession hit, um, the bank who we had the mortgage with Cameron and new management and they were like, Oh, um, we need all the money. Otherwise what's going to end up happening is that you are going to lose your house. Cause what happened was my father had to um, send me and my sisters. Cause I've got two siblings. This year. I've got two younger sisters. I'm the eldest out of three. So they had to say, so my father sent me and my two sisters and my mother to my grandparents because my grandfather was very ill. My grandmother was very old. She couldn't cough them. So my dad was left here in London. But what happened was, because of the recession, my dad fell behind on the repayments. So the mortgage company that uh, was holding the mortgage said, you got to pay all up front. They didn't give my dad enough time to repay over a certain, uh, over a certain months, like a, a duration. Mm -hmm. So what happened was they repossessed the house. And I remember this one day where a gentleman came from the bank and the house is all empty, all the furniture is gone into storage. And he goes to my dad Mr. Singh, this is the hardest part of my job. Can I please have the keys to your house? So that, when, when he said that, I looked at my dad and I looked at my mom and my dad's a very strong person. He's a very, very strong guy, never shows his emotion. And my father's had a lot of pitfalls, but he's always come, dusted himself off and he's, and he's always gone forward. So what my father did was um, he gave the keys and we left the house. And that image was always in my head. So I had it in myself. At the age of 13, I was 13, 14, that I'm going to become something and I want to be something. And what I want to do is I want to help people going forward. Hence, when I went into college, when I went to school, my heart just wasn't in it. I just wanted to go out there and make money. Mm -hmm. So if I fast forward a little bit, and if I come to, let's say, 2005, 2005 was when we brought the home that we live in now. And we pulled together as a family. And for 15 years from that point, we were struggling. We were being pushed from pillar to post. We were going from house to house to house. We were renting. Landlords were not being great. They were being really difficult. We were being pushed out. You know, so it's like packing, unpacking, packing, unpacking. So in 2005 is when we bought the house. And then from there, I worked. I have worked. I've done um, nine to five jobs. And um, it came to a point where I got to be fed up. And I was like, mm, I don't want to do this. But in 2008, we hit another recession, if you remember. Excuse me, sorry, I've got something in my mouth. 
It's all right. It could be from your beautiful beard. It is. If you're not, if you're only listening to the uh, the audio version, Raj has his beautiful beard and a nice turned up mustache. I'm jealous of. Um, Thank you. And it's so quaffed so well. It takes ages to maintain, you know. Just all I, I can only imagine your morning routine must be like an hour long. There were no bats. I was a woman. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so um, um, in 2000, and, um, I believe it was um, from 2005 that we moved here. Uh, and then um, I worked for a bit. And then it came to a point where the recession hit in 2008. I was in a bad space. And in 2014, I went to Dubai for a bit of a break, clear my head, came back. And I thought, you know what? Oh, yeah, I'm just going to travel to Dubai, you know, just yeah. for, for us and for me in Canada, it's much more expensive to say, oh, I'm just going to travel to Dubai. We, we go, I'm just going to go to Toronto uh, to clear my head. That's how we do it because uh, it's you know too what? expensive. But you know what it is, Bill? The funny thing was, right, yeah, we were actually considering as a family to go anywhere, right? But it just happened so that my niece was getting married and she goes, oh, I'm getting married in Dubai. And I was coming. I was like, well, yeah, why not? <laughs> so, just, so we just went. It, given, it just gave an excuse to get away, to get away from all the negativity, right? So I went yeah. there, relaxed, had a bit of thought. And then I came back and a very, very good friend of mine, uh, we actually had a discussion around setting up a PR agency. So in 2014, we set up Exclusive PR, and that's when Exclusive PR was born. And the notion was to help artists um, to have a successful music career and market them correctly. So that's where Exclusive PR was born. And that's the reason why I thought, you know what, I want to get into this industry and I want to make something of myself because I don't want my family to ever be in that position ever again. And since since we bought this house, I think it's going to be 17, 18 years now, We've never been in that position. And a matter of fact, our trajectory has been going up as a family and we've been successful in everything that we do now. And I'm thankful for that to God. And I'm very humble and I'm really, really um, happy that where we are. I'm not rich, I'm comfortable. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, it's the most important thing. As long as you can take care of yourself and your loved ones, you're good. Yes. And I think that when when I mean I'm rich, I mean I'm rich because my family are so tight. It doesn't have to be monetary. You see what I'm saying? So it doesn't have to be monetary value. I've got value in my family that that in a crisis, what it showed me was that we came together and we pulled together and we bought the house. You know, we didn't go our separate ways and start fighting over money. We came together and we bought a house together. So it was like um, our resilience to pull through and and get the house. And when we finally did it, the, the happiness that I saw in my parents' face was priceless. That has no value in it. And that's what I mean that when I'm rich, because I've got great parents and some Asian parents can be, where are you going? What are you doing? My parents are like, okay, go out, have a great time. Just make sure you come home safe and sound upset. You know, so, and I think that um, even though the the age that I am, you'll always be a child to your parents. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It never stops. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, but yeah, I mean, so that's what I meant by, I'm, I'm not um, I'm not wealthy, but I'm but I'm rich in terms of I'm rich in, and I'm happy in terms of my my family that I have. I'm really and rich. You get yeah. to do what you love to do. Yeah, yeah. What's more to ask in the world? Um, so you've been in business, yeah, for since 2014, right? 2014, 2013, 2014. Yeah. I've seen a lot of ups and downs. Sure, most, yeah. like most businesses. What yeah. is one of those pain points that you've had to push through as an entrepreneur? that you're super proud of? I think it's, um, you get a lot of rejections, 
um, as a business because we're in the service industry, you see. So mm-hmm. for us, it's a little bit more difficult sometimes because when you're offering a service, the first thing that person says is, oh, I can't afford it. <laughs> and the thing is, well, we can't work for free because everybody has to eat. Everyone's got bills to pay. Yeah. You know? But um, what we did as a business was that when we had clients come to us, we would, give, we would just give them value anyway. We would give them like consultations and we wouldn't charge them for it. And then that, become, that became part of our business model that we would start giving free value to clients. And what that would do then in turn is if they could implement that themselves, they would then come back to us. So what we have done is we've, we've been quite resilient in what we've done. And I think our structure as a business since 2014 to now we're in 2021 has changed quite vastly. And I think going forward into 2022, we have a lot of other things planned and we're doing a lot of other things now as well. I mean, I've spent so much money um, on my house. I've got a business suite at the back of my house that I've built and I'm going to start doing a lot of video blogging now. Um, so I'm going to be awesome. doing like a lot of um, you know, video marketing tips and then I've set up a new YouTube channel where we're going to be putting out like a lot of value tips for businesses. So if you're stuck on something, you could type it into Google or into YouTube and you, you should find a video that will come up which will resonate with you hopefully from my from my channel. So in terms of um, the struggles we've had is like basically COVID was one of them. And I would say um, businesses that were coming out of, because don't forget the recession was only in 2008. And my agency launched literally four years later, five years later. So some businesses were still struggling during that period because businesses still didn't have the level of capital and, and income. So yeah. some of them had a really low budget, so we couldn't work with those budgets, unfortunately. So for us, it was a little bit hard to reject people. It's all to say, look, we can't help you, unfortunately, but do come back to us when you have a larger budget. But we've restructured everything now in a way that it's a lot more affordable. So our social media packages now are quite affordable for businesses on a monthly retainer. We were lucky to think that we're quite competitive in price, but we also offer a lot of value. And I think the value that we offer is our knowledge, experience, and expertise in in order to get you the results that you desire. And I think that as a business that we are quite, quite proud of that. There is something else which I can't mention just yet. And I've been saying this, as you know very well, Phil, I've been saying it in the clubhouse room, I've got this announcement to make. And just yesterday, uh, something was delivered. Um, I'm just waiting on one or two new cents to be tied up and then I'll be able to announce that very soon. So just keep an eye on the socials and it will give you an idea of like, why I'm so proud of like, where we are today because this thing that we've received is absolutely amazing. I never thought that we would. Actually, get this. Oh, I'm so. looking forward to when the announcement comes. Obviously, by the time this probably drops, everybody's going to be know uh, know what it is. But I don't want you to spoil it. I'm I'm looking forward to hearing <laughs> yeah. it. Um, Raj, sure. For people jumping into the entrepreneurial world, because you've been doing it since 2014, um, mm-hmm. what is a tip you would get give them? Like, if I'm about to walk into the entrepreneurial world, mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm doing. What is something you would suggest to them? I would say, first of all, look at what you want to offer um, and who you want to offer it to. So, for example, the reason why I'm offering marketing services is because um, I'm in the music industry as well. Um, so I'm a trained music producer. I'm a, I'm a drummer. So I play the drum drums. I'm a DJ. We will dive into that a little bit later. But from my, from my past experiences is why I started off an agency and I wanted to offer services, but then it evolved into helping businesses because of people around me were struggling with marketing and they were losing their livelihoods during COVID and stuff like that, even way before that. So I would say, look at what, what you have to offer, right? And then I would say, 
um, look at your target audience. And then the third thing I would do is just basically look at having a business plan because I think businesses get started without having a plan. And without having a plan and having a direction of where you want to go, I think that's a little bit difficult. And then the fourth thing you can look at is funding because I think funding is the most important thing that actually stops businesses. Now, here in the UK, there is a vast amounts of funding available because we have like the um, Princess Trust, we have startup business loans, we have grants available, we have, um, there's one other one, I can't remember now on the top of my head, but there's about four or five different options we have, plus there's crowdfunding as well. So there are options to get funding together and then you can look at having a structure for your business because if you don't have a structure in your business, then what happens is you're just throwing darts in the dark and you're hoping for the best. Now, everyone that I speak to, they don't know how to target their audience. And you could target your audience very simply by asking questions of like, what do, you want to, what do they want to um, see from me? What do they want from me? Now, I had a, there was this product company that came to me and there was a, a um, um, it's a leaf, I think, from Africa, which, which helps with a certain problems within the human body. When I spoke to this business, I said to them, use your target audience. And he goes, this is my demographic, this is my audience. I goes, are you educating them? And he goes, no. I go, well, you need to put education content out because they won't know what this product is in order for them to buy them. You see, so for, in order for you to draw them in, you need to educate your audience to say, this is the product, so this is the problem, these are the benefits, and this is how it's going to solve your, uh, your problem. So you've got a solution to a problem, and that's what you've got to offer. So I think nowadays, I think everyone has a problem, and if you've got a solution to that, that would be great. But if you're an entertainer or if you're an artist or someone like that, then your business plan is going to be very different because you've got a fan base to target. And then that fan base, you've got to think about how, what demographic are they, what age group are they, you know, um, what kind of music do they like, you know. Sometimes, as a business owner, it's good to have an avatar. And I think people are going to be scratching their heads now thinking, what's an avatar? An avatar is a fictional character and a fictional character of who your, who your ideal customer is, who your ideal client is. And then you go after that customer by doing certain marketing strategies. But in order to do that, you need to have a plan because without a plan, you cannot execute the, the, your target audience, if that makes sense. No, perfectly does. It does <laughs> make perfect sense. Um, I do want to jump in because you do have the, the you're the founder of a music uh, label. I want to talk to yeah. you about why you started that and what your label does to put the money back into the, uh, the pockets of its artists. Sure. So I'm going to go back as far as 2004. So 2004 is when I got into the music industry. But even if I got further back to that, I got into music at the age of, I would say, 23. Okay. And um, so I started off playing the drums because I would go to weddings and parties and I would see these drums drumming away. So if you guys go to my Instagram, you will see there are some drumming videos that I was doing during the lockdown last year for the NHS. So in the UK, we had this uh, NHS clap where everybody came out and they clapped for about five minutes. So what I did, I took my drums out and I would start drumming for about five, 10 minutes. And that's the way I got my appreciation of the NHS. And there's about seven or eight videos, I think, on my Instagram. You have to find them on my YG just to get an idea of like, what they are. Um, so... I started drumming and um, in 2004 is when I got approached by one of my friends to do a track. So we kind of tested the market and we thought, okay, we could do this. And then we went back into the studio and we started producing. We released our first debut single as a duo 
And that was in 2009. And what happened was the studio that we went to, they actually had a record label and the record label had marketing services associated to that. So we said to them, okay, uh, we, um, do you know anyone that's looking for a new artist because we want to sign to a label? And said, so, do I do any PR companies? They go, yeah, actually we do it. So we were like, okay, let us think over it and uh, we will basically come back to you. So we thought about it. And you know, like the same when they dangled a carrot to draw you mm-hmm. in, they dangled a carrot. And, and that carrot was that we could get your radio, we could get your TV, we get here, we get there. You have so much exposure, right? Okay, that, that's fantastic. It'll take the headache away from us. We could focus on our next single. So we gave the responsibility to the label. They done our artwork, they pressed our CDs, and um, we thought, great. So we started um, um, going out and distributing our CDs. And then all of a sudden, one of my mates calls me and he goes, Raj, um, where are you? I go, I'm at a booking. Because I was playing the drums at a booking. And he go, I said, what's up? And he goes, I've got to talk to you. Can you talk? I go, yeah. So I went to a, a private room and I goes, what's up? He goes, our track's playing on radio. But that's great, isn't it? He goes, yeah, it's playing on radio, but we didn't get the credit. I go, what do you mean we didn't get the credit? He goes, the engineer got the credit. So we got shafted, right? So what actually happened was we went to an engineer to produce the track. He engineered the song for us. And we produced it. We took, we did all the research. We took all the samples. We gave him the direction in how he wanted the track. He mastered it and mixed it, mastered it, engineered it. And he got the credit, right? And the track was played on the BBC, which I should pay for royalty. So we contacted the label and we go, what's going on? Why have they got the credit? Why do we get it? And they thought, it's not up to us. It's up to the presenters. But the, the cracks were starting to pay up. And the truth was that the presenter that played it knew them very well. They were very good friends. So they gave the credit to the engineer. So then we took the tracks here and we, thought, and we were like, you know what? Forget this. Give us our money back and give us our music and we will go promote it ourselves. They didn't give us our money back. So we lost our money. So what we did was we went on Google. We searched for all of the radio stations in the UK that played Asian music, Punjabi music. And we created our own mailing list. And then what we did was over a space of eight weeks, right? Every weekend, we went up and down the country and we were handing out our CDs to these radio stations physically. So we were, so one weekend we would go, let's say London, another weekend we would go to the Midlands and so forth. So we did each catchment area. And then when we, when we um, did that, we ended up building a mailing list. And I thought to myself, do you know what? We could actually set up our own label, right? And we could set up our own DJ business. So whilst that track was out, we also set up a separate record label, but that's my friend's label. So I helped him brand his own label and helped him brand his own DJ business. Mm-hmm. So in 2010 is when I released my debut single on my own. And what happened was I started working for a PR company. I was working for a PR company for about two years. And this PR company said, look, we will give you a 50% share. Come and join us, do your marketing, but at the same time, you could help us promote Asian artists. We were, all right, cool. So my role was as an, as an account manager, and I brought in artists from, um, from the UK into the business. We helped market them. But ultimately, again, I got shafted. So what happened was they kicked me out of the company. I lost my 50% share in the business. The, in, the guy, the director of the company, he actually set up a record label to release my single under. He took that label away from me. And it was like, this label at yours, it's mine. I've designed the logo and I've created the brand, so I'm going to keep it. I tried to buy it off him. He wouldn't let me buy it off him. So what happened was ultimately I lost money there. 
And then what happened was in 2016 is when I launched Audio Replay. So the idea of Audio Replay was to help artists not go through the same issues that I went through because I lost a lot of money. So the way Audio Replay works now is that when you sign to the label, everything is contracted. So we have contracts for PR and we have contracts for um, for the record label. Because when we were doing our music, we, we were novices. We didn't sign. We got very happy and excited. We got contracts now. And what we say to the artist is that sign this contract. In this contract, it's going to be exactly what you get. And in that oh. contract, oh, sorry. <laughs> in that contract is um, that we will give you 100% of income back in your pockets. And the way we do that is by um, getting the tracks, registering it correctly, so the PPO and the PRS in the UK, they get the, the registration. And then what we do is any royalties that come through, like let's say streaming through Spotify, sales, any um, royalties through radio, airplay, TV, right? It goes into a pot. And the way it works is the PPO and the PRS pay differently. So the PPO pay every nine months to 12 months, the PRS pay every quarterly. So what we then do is we get that money and we transfer it into the artist accounts. What we're also doing now is um, if we help an artist set up another revenue stream, that will go into their account as well. And what I'm also getting involved in now is in the UK, I'm trying to partner up with someone to do NFTs. And NFTs is a digital asset, which is like a blockchain. Yes. And what I'm trying to do now is any artist that signs to my record label, if they go into the NFT space, they keep 100% of their income because it, cop it protects them from any piracy or copyright. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it helps them get 100% of their income. So none of these Spotify or Apple can take a percentage of their income. So what happens is they retain 100% of, let's say, if it's 99 cents and they get over 50,000 um, um, buys or streams, they keep it all because it's under the NFT and blockchain. So I'm trying to help artists that way. And the reason why I'm doing that is for them to have a sustainable music career and they'll make the same mistakes or go through the same issues that I went through in my, in my music journey that, that, that I went through. I love it. I love it. It's a great, great, great idea. I, I love it because I have a lot of mu musician friends as well who have yeah. gone through issues like that and yeah. seeing a, a an entrepreneur like yourself fill that. And we've had other entrepreneurs in the music space as well come on and share their vision for their business. And there's enough artists for everybody in the world because you're yeah. going after a specific niche and type of artist just like they are. So love it. And again, your avatar. Um, we are coming up to near the end here, Raj. So I do want to get out here. Uh, my personal question question that I always like to ask because I'm selfish this way, but it also helps my <laughs> helps my listeners know what books to learn from. Uh, what is a book or maybe an author that you would suggest uh, budding entrepreneurs to read? Do you know what it is? I'm not much of a book reader, if I'm honest. Um, I don't, I'm not much of a reader. Um, I, get more, I get most of my knowledge from, um, I've got a business coach in my team. Okay. So, um, and he's a business coach and he's a digital marketing strategist. So all of the public relations stuff is what I do and social media stuff is what I do as well because I've learned as I've, as I've been doing business myself. But the digital side of it is what he actually does. And a lot of the knowledge that I've gained over the last seven years or eight years or so is a lot of the knowledge has come from him. And some of it is through just Googling stuff on internet and looking at, you know, stuff on YouTube and just reading online. But I wouldn't say I specifically have read any entrepreneurial books. Um, um, but I would say, I mean, if there is any books out there on how to start a business, um, 
I would say I would strongly suggest looking at books that are on that kind of on that kind of genre because what that does is it strips it down and it tells you what you need to and even like business forecasting like finance it tells you how to get um, funding into your business so I would look at um, how to start up a business or how to become an entrepreneur um, those kind of books I mean I'm not much of a book reader so I'm really <laughs> no. sorry I'm really sorry Phil that was really helpful no it's, it's fine it's it, it, like you said <laughs> you get your knowledge from different sources you get it yeah. from like you know doing the YouTube videos quick Google articles or even your business coach that is yeah. a part of your business so that's where you're getting your knowledge where some like myself I love reading because it's it's just the way I am yeah uh, but Anyways, Raj, I'm going to jump off the screen here. I'm going to give you the last little bit. Tell my audience where they can find you, how they can get in contact with you if they want to work with you. Thank you, Phil. Um, so, guys, you can get in touch with me via my Instagram. Um, that's Insta, that's exclusive PR uh, UK. You can get in touch with me at um, Facebook. That's exclusive PR. You can also get in touch with me on uh, LinkedIn. That's Raj Singh, exclusive PR. And you can also hit me up on my email, which is info at exclusivepr.com. Thank you. Excellent. Everybody, of course, the links will be in the show notes down below. I want to thank Raj for being such an amazing guest here and sharing his story about entrepreneurship and uh, dealing with the little uh, kerfuffle I had with my headset <laughs> dying on me and me going back to the old school uh, headphones. Ladies and gentlemen, I am, of course, Phil Better. This is Invest in Yourself, the digital entrepreneur podcast that helps you understand how to become an entrepreneur by interviewing digital entrepreneurs. So I want to thank you so much for listening and make sure to invest in yourself. Hey, everybody, I want to thank you so, so much for watching the show and listening to the podcast. Uh, as a thank you, remember, you can always head over to my website, feelbetterinc.com and get free 15 minutes with me to talk about how you can grow your podcast, how to monetize your podcast, or even how to start your podcast. I have helped lots of people and I want to help you do the same for your business or just for your personal brand. So again, that is feelbetterinc.com. Dot com. Head over there, book your free 15 minutes, and it'll be a pleasure to help you out. Have a good night, and remember to invest in yourself.